0: Hi, I'm Danny Ryan, VP of Marketing at Threewheel, and this is episode 159 of the Two Bald Brothers in a Microphone podcast, where we talk about the people, process, and technology to work together better inside of enterprises. This episode was recorded on May 31st, 2018. In this episode, I talk with Kirk Lamone about Fast Track, a free program that helps enterprises move to the Microsoft Cloud. We discuss what's covered in the program, and more importantly, what's not covered. He also shares details on a recent successful project where we helped a large company by augmenting what FastTrack has to offer with our services. Enjoy this episode and thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the Two Ball Brothers in a Microphone podcast. This is your host, Danny Ryan, and I am here with Kirk Lamone. How are you doing, Kirk? well. Excellent. And we are going, this is our second go at this, right? The first one didn't work so well. No what definitely Techni- did the, um, the power went out were you here in the
1: office, I was here in the office. okay the power, power went out. out it was
0: just not my di was out was all of a sudden you were yeah, just everything went blank I was like uh you'
1: still there <laughs>
0: <laughs> but here we are we're both sitting in the same office so if the power goes out here again I guess we'll just deal with it then but uh, we want to cover what fast track doesn't cover and so let's start off at the 50,000 foot level. What is Fast Track?
1: Okay, Fast Track is a Microsoft program. You can learn more about it at fasttrack.microsoft.com,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it covers really their their program to get people onto the cloud, get okay. them onto Office Three Hundred and Sixty Five and Dynamics, and um, in our in our case, we're we're talking more about SharePoint. So, mm-hmm. um, and also they have a set of it's a larger program, but they have a set of services to help uh, to help customers migrate from their on-prem version of SharePoint, okay. either SharePoint 2010 or 2013. Although I think they only advertise 2013 to Office 365 or the SharePoint Online. Okay, and
0: is the is the it's, so it's fast track for SharePoint or is that is that the
1: Probably, but I don't know okay. if there's
0: a URL. Okay, that. but, but Fast Track covers a lot of different um, Microsoft products, but one, the one we primarily focus in on is getting to SharePoint online primarily.
1: Yeah, and they'll, they'll, they'll do Exchange as uh-huh. well. And it's a free service they provide, but they get to choose who gets to um, use it, I guess, and okay. to qualify, and for a while they had you know, an open qualification, but, uh, they were Allow people to request to, to uh, get involved in this, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know if they close it off or exactly how you um, coordinate making it happen. But I know they're still doing them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I would recommend that, uh, especially for SharePoint migrations. I think it uh, really can help. So,
0: so we've created a service that basically complements that, uh, augments what Microsoft does, and. Mm-hmm. And um, so as part of that, I think one of the key things that folks need to understand is is what it does cover and what it doesn't cover. And so right. in this conversation I wanted just to talk through with you what it does cover and doesn't cover. Um, so tell me more about start diving into what fast track is, what the phases are and those types of things with fast track. Yeah, they'll start
1: out with um, yeah, you know, set a way of communicating to the companies and, and uh, go through it, the PowerPoint decks. Describe their process, and in the end, their process is basically going to um, silence my phone. <laughs> um, their process is going to uh, cover a what they call a wave one, where they're which is really kind of their trial uh, sets of site collections. They're going to move forward, uh, but before you before that happens, you have to be prepared for it. So there's some things you have to do okay. to be ready. But they're going to. They're going to cover moving the bits after you provide a uh, content database backup for them, and the mapping of which site collections you want to move and where you want them to go, as well as a mapping of users and groups. And then, um, and then they'll they'll migrate that over a series of uh, uh, they they have like a um, they have a prep phase, a migration phase, a UAT phase all within each wave, so it's this rolling, these rolling phases, if you will, within each wave. They'll do that for wave one, and then they want to kind of be full speed ahead on another set of waves, like maybe five more waves. And they'll do a maintenance window where you can update user and group mappings and some other things, and then they'll do another set of waves. It all depends on how much content you have, but um, uh, one we did recently, I think we had, let's see, yeah i don't know we had probably 11 waves i think so
0: and is theres is the wave um how's decided how's it decided what there's about is it amount of content that you're moving over the number of site
1: collections what is it yeah there's there's a limit on both and um i believe it's 500 gigabytes uh, per wave and i think there's a limit on the number of site collections per wave as well but i'll remember that and the first wave has to be smaller. I think they want that to be maybe 100 gigabytes at the most. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of get things going and kind of um, make sure both sides are ready to work with each other.
0: Mm-hmm. And is there who's the point of contact on the Microsoft? How does this work logistically between the two? Because we're like a third party involved. We have the client and then Microsoft Fast Drive Services. And then I imagine there's like a point of contact from each company that's coordinating all of this.
1: Yeah, that's right, and um, and so you will have, uh, once you really get rolling, we'll start having daily calls uh, or at least several times a week, we'll have calls. And, um, and the fast track team will provide someone that you're communicating with, and that person coordinates with the rest of their team, which really can include, I think, upwards of 100 individuals. So it's not a small team, um, and they all have they all need accounts, unless you will let them have shared accounts to get in and, and do some work. And, uh, and they do this just so they can spread this across all the work that they do. So it's a lot of people.
0: So on the, the fast track team at Microsoft has a lot of people who yes. are these are migration engineers who are
1: mm-hmm. and they'll be running the tool, which is um, Metalogic's Content Matrix. And okay. um, I know that's one. Tool that they use. I think that may be the only one, but I've heard them say they might use others in certain certain, uh, certain situations. Okay. But um, but the, the the migration engineers will use that tool. So is there
0: a, so is there a tool that you run that tells you these sites won't move? Like how do you determine what they can do and what they can't do?
1: Right. So what what fast track covers is you, know, you have to give them basically a spreadsheet um, okay. for each wave, and you have to do it at predetermined time. It's like uh, it's two weeks before um, the WAVE starts or maybe a week before prep. And uh, you're basically saying here's the site collections that are in scope for this WAVE and, um, and then they'll make sure that it meets the content database uh, size requirements or con- uh, sorry, site collection size requirements. And then you'll have to upload every content database that those site collections are in mm-hmm. by a certain date. Um, but you know, Just doing that is kind of hard. You need to manage that process, and that's something they won't really help you with. They'll just kind of say, all right, what's next? And um, they will provide you the SMAT uh, tool output, which um, is a tool you can download from Microsoft. It's free. Uh, It it gives you migration analysis um, of what you have on your on-prem environment. It covers 2010 and 2013, there's different versions for each. And um, they'll also, roll up that information into a, um, well, it's multiple sheets in a spreadsheet, but then roll that in up because it's a lot of content that, that the tool creates, a lot of information, and it'll tell you like well, what your inventory is, uh, you know, what site collection you have, but other things like uh, uh, running workflows, what site collections have running workflows and how many at that time. Mm-hmm. So, we'll try and tell you things that the Fast Track doesn't cover because it doesn't cover migrating running workflows. Um, no tool will. Um, they will cover migrating the workflow definitions mm-hmm. um, and associations, but not the actual running workflows. And that's just because it's really unsupported going to Office 365 uh, to, to move something there, um, to move a running workflow there. But um, So the, the SMAT output will tell you several things that it doesn't do, but there's some things it doesn't tell you about that SMAT also doesn't cover, and that's one of the ways we kind of augmented the process. We wrote some scripts to to try and understand things like subject number one or two. If you have any specific search settings on a site collection, it doesn't, doesn't uh, move that, and we'll report those. That's one example.
0: Okay. And then, um, so for the what do you do in the cases where you have a site that's got a running workflow? Uh, like, how do you handle those sites? And what, like, when you find something that they can't migrate, or, are you migrating those sites, or what happens?
1: Yeah, so, um, no, and, and for running workflows, you can't do it at all. So um, you could really go through a really manual process of trying to set up the workflows on uh-huh. um, the target environment on sixty five 365 to be like they were, when they're migrated, but we don't do that either. Um, it's really, so we, we work with, uh, the companies we work with on this, we'll create a set of migration policies, which is a document, uh-huh. um, and we work with them to refine it, but uh, we have a base, one of those, that, that's a template that defines all the things that they like, basically snap. Oh, FastTrack doesn't cover, uh, uh-huh. so I mentioned running workflows. FastTrack also doesn't cover migrating lists or li- uh, lists of libraries for more than 5,000 items. So they just won't do that. And they also will only cover a certain number of versions of items, I think that's five, don't forget now. And um, and so then if you, you know, the SMAT will tell you that or sometimes our scripts have to tell us a little bit more. We'll get that information and we'll say, oh wait, you know what, we just migrated a, um, this site and it had two lists, that were two large lists lists were larger than 5,000 items. The fast track team did not migrate that list. We know that. And then we have some post-processing we need to do. And in our case, we were migrating that for them um, or working with our clients to migrate that for them using, in our case, uh, I think we used ShareGate, but we could have used Logics as mm-hmm. well so, or any of the others. But uh, um, it was just something that they won't cover, and then so we kind of augmented the process to work with for for on the communication side where we're kind of communicating, um, you know, hey, these are this is the process it's gonna take. If you have a large list, it's not gonna go right away. You want you to know that you're gonna go through a UAT period where that large list isn't there, yeah. and then we're gonna push it out after that UAT period. So because Fast Track Team doesn't want us migrating things until UAT is signed off and over. So um, they'll do the incremental after that as well. So uh, right after the incremental, which happens over the weekend uh, for each wave, then we'll go in and do the, do the um, large list. We'll also, uh, in our case, we looked at workflows, workflow definitions that failed to copy, and we would uh, go in and special case those and see if we could move them over. A lot of times it was because they were using things that just weren't supported mm-hmm. in the target environment, and so we couldn't migrate them as well. And so we have policies that we kind of document that these things are not covered and these would need to be read by the site owners so that they knew what was coming. And since you know, when you're working with large companies, they're gonna have a large number of site collections and they can't manage hand holding each one of these. So the site owners have to come up with what's their plan gonna be. And if that plan involves, oh, I've gotta get, you know, some developers involved to make this happen, well then. Then hopefully, you give them enough time, you start preparing that early mm-hmm. um, so that they know that uh, we can tell them from the SMAP report. We can say, hey, looks like you've got some large lists out there. Um, maybe we don't support moving that. You know, Fast Track doesn't, but we could. Or you've got a large number of workflows. good chance those workflows may not migrate for one reason or another. Info platforms, the ability a custom database is not going to work. Uh, lots of things like that.
0: And did you? It, it, it was the in-state that you moved everything over to SharePoint Online, or did, was there, was it a hybrid environment?
1: It, for this client, it was a hybrid. We yeah. um, we would go through all that. We go through this, this mat analysis, and there was already some site collections the client knew they didn't want to go to SharePoint Online. They had a way of designating site collections that were confidential, and uh, and so they made an dis- early decision. What those wouldn't go to SharePoint Online. Later, they changed their minds, and they did go to SharePoint Online. But um, but there were others that were more complex. Complex. They knew they had custom code, make it farm solution, um, and custom web parts, and that you know, those were not going to be supported going over. So uh, the choice was, let's just get them over to SharePoint 2016 in our case, and so we're working with them, actually currently, to migrate applications over to SharePoint 2016.
0: I would imagine in some of these large company environments there might be a lot of third-party stuff as well, did you run into that?
1: Yeah, they, were pre- they, were, they, they were have some, clean? but they're pretty clean when it came to that, they, okay. they had some, but not but not much.
0: Because that seems like it's that's catches a lot of folks. <laughs> mm-hmm. it,
1: yeah, definitely. They they did a pretty good job of um, limiting limiting their users in certain ways that uh-huh. I think was beneficial. So they weren't allowed to. Um, that Fast Track will cover this, but they weren't allowed to do uh, permission uh, like break permissions everywhere. They did have one custom set of permissions, which custom permissions Fast Track kind of says they don't support, but the tooling does underneath the covers for the most part, but they just know there's caveats with that. So they say they don't support it, and we've got to kind of follow up and make sure that it's working properly.
0: What else have you, because you hit on things like InfoPath, running workflows. Oh, gosh. Um, um, well, anything else that is out there, I like guess that are things that people just should be aware that, that aren't moved
1: by a fast-track team? Yeah, I should have a list of that in front of me, and I don't, but okay. there's... There, there's definitely a lot of things that uh, FastTrack is not going to cover, and but there, they tend to be corner cases. Yeah. Um, so basically, lists and library content is going to be custom master pages. They're not going to work. Okay. Um, uh, almost certainly not going to work uh, if you've got some custom JavaScript running in a, a content editor web part, or script web part. Um, what about, about publishing sites? Yeah, they, they they do move over. I. I but I believe that was definitely a focus of ours. I think um, now, in our case, the client did not have many of these at all; had very few. They locked okay. that down. But um, I believe there can be problems, but I do believe they move over. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this there there can be a lot of things. There can be things like uh, folder depth. So uh, how how deep do your do your files go within a document library in terms of folders? And what is, how does that work in the target environment? An example is if you use um, Office web apps like Exchange Online to open up a file, it might have a problem if the folder depth is too much, whereas uh, just downloading the file will work. Uh, it, there's some weird weird issues that can pop up like that, and we try to communicate that. Any of
0: this, um was this just SharePoint Online, or was there like, was Yammer involved at all, or Teams,
1: or any other, anything else? That for us, nothing directly. There, uh, they were doing Exchange Online through the Fast Track program okay. as well at the same time, and it was, that was supposed to happen kind of first, and it didn't completely happen first. They were finishing up while we were starting, and um, so we coordinated with them. We would have uh, regular meetings, but uh, it really wasn't a problem for us.
0: What did the team look like? So it was like, how did how was this structured? As far as I'm um, sort of com- commenting on this earlier, which was you know there's sort of point of contact in each of the companies, mm-hmm. but from our side, like how did you did, did you run this like a typical two weeks friends? How did what was it, what was and then what are, what, was this sort of an usual project or tell me mm-hmm. sort of classify a little bit about the process and a little bit about about the team necessary for this.
1: Right. So. It's in any migration is not going to be true agile, it's got this, it's got more, a more rigid process. But, um, but you do have to be agile because things come up like the client says, Oh, we want all of these confidential sites now to go to Office 365 because uh, the security team just approved it, <laughs> um, but, uh, we would try to have a regular cadence of two weeks, sort of like two week sprints, where we kind of reviewed things. But we would also have weekly calls and um, weekly meetings, meetings as well as daily. But the weekly ones with Microsoft or the daily ones, as we kind of go over, where are we within a wave? Oh, okay, wave wave two is in UAT, and wave three is in migration. And um, let's see, we'll no, be back. No, that's right. And wave four is in prep, and then wave five is um, we got to upload our content database this week uh, and provide our mappings. So we would kind of go over all of those things. We we had a checklist of things we needed to go through every week, and um, we did usually did one on Mondays and on Fridays so that we kind of because there's a lot more. There's a lot of activity that has to happen towards the end of the week and at the beginning of the week, or we kind of just want to make sure. That we're going to cover things. We, we would upload our content databases in the middle of the week. Um, UAT would be done uh, Thursdays. We would be setting the site collections to read only on Fridays um, after UAT for um, and Friday afternoons for a uh, incremental, and then um, we would have those would be you know basically read only on the source from then on, mm-hmm. and then um, we'd have. Yeah, you know, mail merge, emails that would go out, Microsoft the applying, uh, banner messages. Uh, we would have scripts that would help with the mail merge and some other things, but. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was neat. So from our side on our team, our team was relatively small from three. Well, it was, um, it was primarily Pete Skelly and myself and, um, we both played several roles well, on the client side. We would have, um, we would have a project manager. We had, um, individual that was in charge of doing touching SharePoint more directly and that person um, might be setting site collections to read only um, through a script that we wrote Uh, so they just have to say oh to run that for wave five and we'll just do it for all site uh, site collections wave five. There would be another individual that might run, could have been the same individual, but another individual in their case that ran the um, large list copies or workflow definitions that failed to copy. We work with them on that. And kind of manage the whole thing. Um, you know, we managed most of the. We help provide the structure for most of the communications. So um, the client's communications team was involved as well. Um, they would approve the messages we came up with, and they'd tweak what we wanted to say. We'd send out Mail Merge emails um, to the site collection owners um, at various times throughout the process. Tell them what's going on. They have, of course, the site to go to. Uh, hosted in SharePoint Online, that um, we had documentation of what they could do, and had our policies that were already announced to them, that they could review. Um, And they could see kind of what uh, issues they they had, like uh, you've got a couple large large lists, you've got some Mm infopatforms might be a problem. Uh, Things of that nature, so. What,
0: a part of the reason why I think we're doing lots of migrations is, is it's a good thing for an outside partner to help out with mm-hmm. primarily because it's you learn a lot of things doing it the first time <laughs> and then we you know applying it to other, you know like your internal folks why should they spend so much time and energy doing something that they're only going to do once mm-hmm. and so I think the reason why I think people see value out of bringing an outside partner I can see all as well it brings value where um, where we're involved in coordinating with the client and with Microsoft and we're handling a lot of those things. I'm also hearing from you that there's also you know, what we would call something that like would be in like an accelerator, which is, here's all of the, the scripts and things like this, that in addition, that will keep us out of trouble and make sure the migration goes successfully. Is that, what What would you say are the main benefits of what you know, bringing us on to this project and having us help
1: out with augmenting what fast track does well i think the main benefit is we kind of know what to expect and we can cover some corner cases that okay. you wouldn't have thought of so the fast track team at microsoft they they have their own process they're going to tell you about that process and they'll try and guide you through it um but they're just not going to tell you certain things that, that uh, maybe they don't know about but that that you're going to come up against and and they'll kind of say okay here's the things we don't cover just so you know that and oh well maybe that means you need to have a process around how you're going to communicate that and um maybe you know it's just lots of things like we we found that um, with this client that as we're sending out these uh, messages that hey your wave's about to go um or we would send an email like weeks in advance then they would come back and say oh you know what these site collections are out of scope we don't care about them anymore they don't need to be moved you know, mm-hmm. they should be deleted um you'll i'm sure all companies are going to find that so um, you got a lot of a lot of site collections and, you know well managing that is kind of tough you could, we bring in like 30 of those at once you got to go tweak some master list somewhere so we you know we had scripts that would um take the smat output populate a sharepoint list that so we could then set properties on and then we had scripts that we then Mass update that list with, um, say, all of the site collections that are now out of scope because we've been getting communication from the various site owners that they, they can be removed from migration. So mm-hmm. um, so I think that the main one is really just the knowledge of, of the process and how how we think it needs to be augmented by someone other than the Fast Track team because the Fast Track will not cover it. And then um, obviously, we do bring some assets to the table. We've, we've got you know, there's several lists we create that helps us manage the process. And then there's about a dozen uh, PowerShell scripts that we've got out there that, that do things that I've already mentioned. But um, other things like your, your wave start dates may change and we need those to be updated. Um, you know, in our case, well, for fast track, they want to know who the content owner and technical owner is because that's their, part of their process. They're going to send out communications to them and that means you've got to know who your site owners are, at least at a minimum. And then, so you got to have a process for figuring that out. And sometimes those people have left the company. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's not necessarily all that simple. And um, so you want to have a way to manage that. Mm-hmm. And so, so, we've got ways of doing that. I think um, it's on the support side, that, that we've got a way of uh, fast track team does have an issues list that they use, but then. Um, they're gonna. It's gonna be out of scope after UAT is done. And if you, do, if the um, team doesn't respond about a particular site collection by the end of UAT, then it's uh, assumed accepted. So, if there are issues after that, what are you gonna do? So you need to have a way of managing that process. You want to be able to still support um, your users after they've migrated, and Microsoft has kind of washed their hands clean of mm-hmm. that wave. Um, you still want to support them. So.
0: And we have what I like about this project is, at the end of it, nothing happened. There weren't in a whole lot of there wasn't a lot of drama.
1: Right. This one uh, went very smoothly. Yes. Um, it, it's not quick. Right. They had how many? How many yeah. Give me some rough numbers. The ter- oh, you
0: know, uh, yeah. Amount of data, maybe number of site collections, yeah, and then was, how long it took. You said eleven waves. So is that twenty-two weeks or is that?
1: No. It was a. It was. I think it was about twenty-six weeks, okay. not counting some earlier prep stuff. So um, and that's because well I've got, I've got something here that shows me twenty-nine weeks. So um, but there, there's gonna be like wave one is is not staggered. It it has like four or five weeks that it takes it goes through, you know, you've got to upload your migration database. Microsoft's gonna have a prep week, a migration week, a UAT week, they're gonna have a post-processing week. So all of that is happening, so that's at least five weeks right there. And that happens, uh, most of that happens without wave two starting, because wave one is kind of, they wanna treat that as a special wave. It's almost like a pilot, and um, it's a smaller amount of content. Then you're gonna go through your other waves, which are staggered, so you know, when wave two is in migration, wave three is in prep, and wave four you're uploading the content databases uh, to Microsoft. And then they use Azure for that, by the way. Um, but uh, so then after you do maybe uh, do maybe the next five waves, they're going to want a maintenance window. They're going to work with you as to when those maintenance windows should be. And it might be around things like holidays and stuff like that too. Um, in our case, we were migrating through the fall of last year. Mm-hmm. And so uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas holidays all came up. So uh, we did... We did plan for one of those breaks, I believe, to be during Christmas, basically, Christmas New Year's. And that's that maintenance window provides another gap. Um, you kind of have to flush the queue of all these waves that are going through, and then you'll start up the next set of waves. And um, and then they have to flush the queue again, um, and you may go through another set, but before you do My Sites, if you're going to migrate My Sites, that's kind of all on its own as well. So kind of like that first wave is all its own, so... And my sites are done at the end all on their own.
0: So. It it's interesting because I think because of our app dev background, you guys are able to do things like the 12 set of scripts and things like that. That if we were pure infrastructure where we just we, you know didn't have that in our toolbox, we would get stuck in certain situations, really right. not know how to handle that. And um, and it's interesting as well because in order for us to do what we want to do for these large clients, which is build on the cloud, they've got to be in the cloud. <laughs> so it's for us. I think, think there's um, it's just a, it's been a logical progression for us to, uh, you know, in order for us to get them over, we need some, we need to help them get o- over to that, and then sort of like the next step in the evolution of what we're doing as a as a business. I think we're we're getting to the point where. Um, now that they're in the cloud, we can start talking about configuring and then customizing and then building more things like line of business solutions and stuff like that. But if they're never if they've never moved over, then it's difficult for us to talk about
1: those things. Well, yeah, I mean, it still can't happen on prem. But if you do it with the traditional means on prem, that's a problem. <laughs> it. um, well, it'll pose yeah. a problem for them in the future yeah. if they do decide to move to the cloud. So yeah. you, you would rather not. And you can do some of the cloud approaches on prem. That's yeah. possible. They don't like the version of SharePoint, yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, I mean, we have one, there's one script that we have to do that we ran to kind of figure out, well, of all the groups that you're being mapped to um, Azure Active Directory from your um, AD on-prem, there were a lot that kind of failed to map, and um, we kind of had a script that figured that out, and then we would write a script to basically dig into all the site collections that are going over this script took a very long time to run, um, and it would basically say, "Oh, in this wave, which of these sites use these group Azure AD groups or these AD groups that do not exist in Azure AD for whatever reason?" And then we can communicate out, well, "Hey, site owner, you're using you know these groups have permissions on uh, on-prem, but they don't in Office 365, and um, you know." With our app dev background, we're able to do that. Now, we we did find someone that had a script that we modified for mm-hmm. that, so that helped. But um, you know, without that, then basically site owners kind of just find out later on that oh, all of a sudden this whole group of users can't access my stuff and I didn't know about it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's good to help in the communication.
0: One last thing, and it's a uh, something you need to think about. <laughs> all right, <I'm> ready? <laughs> if you had to think of two things that you wish that you knew before this project? Two of the the most important things that you wish you knew before this project started out or things that were picked up? Can you think of two? Let me ask you that.
1: The project went really smoothly. Um, You know, we had to react uh, several times and I'm sure Mm -hmm. there were times we were frustrated based on kind of the situation. Uh But I can't, I can't remember one of those times. I mean, it's, it went smoothly that, you know this this client did have some things locked down, and that helped them out. The okay. less you have locked down before the move, um, potentially, the more issues you're going to have. Um, so, it, you know, I, I can't think of anything. I think they did a good job of kind of deciding, hey, these things are going to have problems. Let's move mom from. We're going to we're going to do that as a separate project, which mm-hmm. is underway now. And uh, that's got a, that's a whole set of different circumstances of whole set of different tasks and operations you, you do. But.
0: Was this a purely, was this run IT side of the, is this a, was a, a more of like a pure IT function? Was there, I guess you said content owners were involved, but mm-hmm. was was there an executive sponsor of this, or um, was this more of an IT, you know, uh, a up- modernization of, of infrastructure type of thing?
1: Yeah. Um, there, well, I'm sure there was an executive sponsor. We just didn't deal with that right. individual, so right. I, I know they got approval for when and the whole timing. I think changed a little bit at one point because, you know, once we said, "Hey, these are some issues," and then that you're going to run into, and uh, with the exchange migration dates changing, I think that might have changed our dates a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, an executive sponsor, I believe, was involved with those okay. decisions, but the most part, we were, um, you know, we were working with a small team from the client to um, to make it all happen, along with a large team from Microsoft.
0: Okay. Cool. This has been awesome. Yeah. I think yeah. one of the things I'd like to do, maybe as a follow up, is um, is get a better understanding of what those scripts are, what they do. Like maybe write mm-hmm. this up, like a, put an accelerator page out on our website and mm-hmm. describe what those things are, because uh, I think that's that's valuable mm-hmm. for for folks to know um, and it sounds like we've created a process sort of wrapped around the whole fast track process for managing all of this mm-hmm. Yeah, and we did get to the finish line and that clients very happy and so um, you're know, starting to to how can we do this sim, uh, something similar for our next client who needs similar type of services right.
1: and we, we have some some of the processes we use in this and some of the scripts even are uh, Used in our other our other migrations that don't involve fast track. Really, so, yeah. So I mean, we always want to have an inventory list, and we, we like it to be in SharePoint that um, that has you know basically a, a row per site collection, and that it has additional information about that. And we have scripts that interact with that. We have scripts that will um, pull SMAT data and push that in there. And if you're a small company, like it's likely that Microsoft is not going to accept yeah. you into the Fast Track program. Yeah. So uh, if you're a big one, it's likely they will. So, <laughs> but um, so you know, we we use some of the same scripts to kind of manage the process, uh, and then we've you know outside of Fast Track, we've got ways of orchestrating the tooling. Mm-hmm. Um, both Metalogics and ShareGate to some degree, mostly Metalogics, but I think we're, we're moving forward on ShareGate as well. And uh, and that we we didn't need that for FastTrack for the most part. Now we could have used a little bit of that um, with this last project, but um, since uh, you know, basically we would we would like use those tools to migrate large lists and workflows, uh, workflow definitions that fail to go, and um, we since that number was relatively small we did that by hand we configured it by hand so
0: nice and you get a kick out of this uh, Pete and I are working on sort of a modernizing our um, digital workplace here at three will mm-hmm. so we have got we have like 350 somewhere between 300 and 400 site collections so he did an inventory of those and yesterday I was going through and we're doing we're, we're you know how much we're using teams so we're moving more towards a model of using teams. So we had the old site. We had sites where some of it the the content didn't move over. So we're talking about sort of how do we move some of that content over uh, and deleting things, cleaning up where uh, Pete's going to, believe it or not, we're gonna have our own, we're gonna have a governance plan inside of three wheel. Uh, where you know not don't create dev sites on our three-wheel tenant. Go create your own you know dev sites and try to keep it clean put some control over our environment. I know that's a crazy thing. Um, but we went through and we were doing things like, um, some of those, uh, Pete's going to go through the whole modernization of some of those sites, uh, so that has a new modern interface Mm -hmm. to it. And so, um, and really try to, we're, we're, um, organizing all of the account sites so that there'll be an accounts hub. Um, and then we're organizing the department site so that, um, our homepage will be a hub for our department site, so just sort of organizing nice. things inside of 3 Nice, so yeah. It's good, I'm he's, uh, we're, we've got the, the new digital workplace workshop that we're running with folks, so I'm taking some of his materials and we're applying it internally, and hopefully that'll help him as he goes out and delivers that workshop, or whoever delivers the workshop. Yeah, so. it makes, makes a lot of sense.
1: This last client where we did a fast-track migration, that was not something they wanted yeah. at the time. But I think it makes a ton of sense to say, well, now you've got the content over there, but it's all just individual site collections, and it's not—they're not kind of connected in any way. Um, you know, maybe you want want that to happen. So yeah, cool, very cool. Well, if you're listening to this and you're obviously
0: interested in fast track, and you're maybe looking at this as something that your organization is going to do, number one, I hope this was insightful uh hearing that someone has done it and done it successfully and made the move over and it sounds like a pretty large client and um if if there are if you see enough value in having us come in and help coordinate it and some of the, the things that we discussed in this in this podcast, um, obviously reach out to us through the through the contact us page and we can set up a follow-up conversation with Kirk where we can go into more detail about um maybe a particular subject that you want want to go through. Uh, But we'd love to do this with more clients. It sounds like something that they were really happy with and um, something where, you know, sort of the partner brings in the solution. So we bring in the last little bit that uh, that last 20 percent that puts you over the edge. And so that and why do migrations are a one time thing? Why learn all this stuff? Uh, yourself so that you never ever apply it again. Bring in our knowledge to help you with this move. And so, reach out to us through the contact us page on our website, and I'd love to follow up uh, with you on this. And thank you, Kirk, for doing this. Congratulations right. on a successful project with this. And hopefully, we can find some more clients who want to do something similar with this. So, thanks everybody for listening and have a wonderful day. Take care. Bye bye.